Mm. And, you know, I see kind of the seasons in colours. So it's kind of, you know, everything for me, there's a huge amount of colour and emotion and and um, it's all quite evocative. But honestly, that's how I see it. So I can't say which season I like the best because they all bring so many different qualities. The Naughty Bites podcast. Emily Scott is a chef and restaurateur in Cornwall. She's passionate about food and feels most at home when she's in her kitchen. Emily has brought local produce and magic to the home in Watergate Bay by delighting our senses through food around the table. She has been recognised by Michelin since 2016 and has been listed in Code Hospitality's 100 Most Influential Women in Hospitality. Emily has also appeared on Great British Menu representing the South West and was the chef behind the G7 Summit at the Eaton Project. Welcome, Emily. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, thank you for joining me on Naughty Bites. Hi, as you know, I'm so, honestly, I'm excited. <laughs> but as you know, my podcast is called Naughty Bites. What's your guilty naughty pleasure that you find yourself secretly tucking into? Oh, that's a good question. First question. Um, well, for me, it has to be peanut butter on toast. That's, okay. that, that, that would be my go-to if I was a little bit hungover, maybe, or just that comfort, that comfort food. Um, if I'm ever feeling maybe a bit low or a bit tired, toast and peanut butter, crunchy peanut butter. A crunchy peanut butter. Yeah, is, <laughs> that is my go-to comfort. And I guess it's a little bit naughty because it's peanut butter. But honestly, that. I just remember that even eating that as a child, toast is a bit of a thing as well. I think toast is a wonderful thing that, you know, so many things you can do. We could t- this could be all about toast, but literally my, my go-to comfort, slightly indulgent thing would be peanut butter on toast. Can I be naughty? Can I ask you, do you put jam on it? No, there's no jam because I don't want the sweetness. I just want the buttery peanuts flavoured. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like, because in our house we have smooth and crunchy and I love toast, the lots of butter and then the peanut butter. And it's yeah, just... no, always butter and peanut butter, absolutely, yeah. but no jam. <laughs> I just do that and I'm just being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I read that you spent a lot of your time in France, so in Burgundy, Bordeaux and Provence. And then you were also in Cornwall. Does that has that French way of life inspired your life in Cornwall and in the way you have your restaurant and the way you cook and the way you live your life? Yeah, fundamentally, I think my my connection with France from such a young age and growing up with my grandfather who was half French and more French than English, to be honest, and and they lived in um, Provence in Bagnol for over twenty years, and we were always there on high days and holidays. Um, so France was a huge influence in, in just the way of life, the kind of slightly, I guess, slower way of life. I mean, from a child's point of view, it was always fun. Um, and Marnie and we called my grandfather Papa were, were instrumental in, in us growing up. They were always a part of being around a table. And that's a very French way of life, I think, coming around a table, food and wine. Uh, Papa loved food. He loved good wine and that was always something that was introduced to us from a really early age so it's always been a thing for me but actually as I've got older and had children of my own 
you realize the place you come together is around a table. That's, you know, that fundamentally is where you kind of spend time together because you have to eat. And I've always made, I've always tried to make a thing about coming together. So France definitely um, runs so strongly through what I think and feel. But Cornwall has that same kind of magic for me as well. So they're into, they're kind of interwoven. Um, but everything I do is, it, it, it all means something. It's like, it's kind of to do with memories and nostalgia. And I, I guess I'm someone that considers things a lot. So for me, if things are connected, that means more, which kind of then is more real. Yeah, so, definitely. So I think that there comes a lot of emotion and kind of a thought. And France definitely is something that has given me that just because they do food and drink so well. So it's it's always been there. Definitely, because, you know, it's what you said, connecting. And I've never been to the Southwest until recently. And what I loved the most was just walking along the coastline. And it was that moment to stop and think and just ponder about your thoughts. And it was the whole thing of, I've never been there, but it was a connection of like the lifestyle of the where I was, the setting and just the views. Because it's that moment of no hustle and bustle. It's that moment to reconnect your thoughts with everything around you. And it is it is amazing. It is. It's a I mean, growing up in France and then finding kind of I guess my early twenties I arrived in Cornwall, but but it's only kind of in the last five years six years that my career has kind of really taken off meaning I've reached more people um, because I've been quietly doing what I do for a long time down here I mean I'm 47 yeah. so I've moved to Cornwall when I was 23 so it's been a it's been a long kind of kind of road to actually finding my feet and who I am and, and how I think and feel mm -hmm. Cornwall and France have had so much influence on that and maybe things you know do take time and actually things that take time mean more in the end if that makes yeah. sense because for me being I, I I really appreciate where I live and maybe that's getting older you know you know when you're young you don't necessarily appreciate nature as much I mean it's a bit of a cliche but you know I really do love the connection that the land the sea you know growing mm. cooking it's also interconnected and I wish my younger self had got more excited about that okay but I still think it's fascinating because there are people that believe in that and live for that um do you think because you you said before in your writing that less is more and I totally agree to that do you think the French way of cooking and eating has inspired your restaurant and the food that you prepare as well as Cornwall yeah no completely and less is more meaning I think uh thinking about seasonality provenance about kind of seeking seeking food from your fishmonger your grocer your butcher your baker which they, they do still exist but because life's got faster and we're so connected to everything in some ways we kind of want everything instantly rather than making that list and going shopping or finding the joy in those mundane tasks yeah um but when I say less and more, that doesn't mean less butter, less cream, less, yeah. you know, I, I fundamentally, my cooking is, is all about, um, you know, flavour. It's about 
kind of using good ingredients, good olive oil, parmesan, cooking with herbs, lemons. It's, it's taking those simple ingredients, but but again, keeping it simple, not messing around too much. But still, you know, I couldn't be without butter. <laughs> so I've gone back to butter already. But butter comes, and, and again, it's everything in moderation. And I'm, I'm not saying you've got to eat, you know, things that are full of fat all the time and everything. It's all about moderation, but it's all about um, kind of, I guess, spending more time thinking about food and how we buy it and how we cook it. And for me, my restaurant... Um, is is all about simplicity but we're now doing this lovely set seafood menu and that's only just been in the last month I've changed to actually it's not a tasting menu because I want it to feel more relaxed than that but it's we cook for you but we cook for you with what we think is the best on offer at a certain time of year and day and because I'm at that point in my kind of career where I've got a really good team. I've got a talented team. We can kind of, I feel like we, we've got, we can implement that now. It's not just me trying to do everything anymore. Mm. So um, it, it's all about simplicity, but with simplicity, it comes technique and thought. Everything I do takes consideration and then you've got to kick in that consistency. So my menu is completely inspired by days in France, days in Cornwall, but it's all, you know, for me, I want to inspire people to cook and have a go. It's not about being the most perfect and getting everything right. It's actually just trying something new, maybe. Definitely. You know, um, living here, Spain, a lot of people don't know, but food in Spain is regional. Um, so in the north, it's all about the beef, the dairy butter. By the way, it's the best butter because it's so, it's, you know, when it melts, it's really thick and luscious and creamy and it's white. Okay. And like, oh, it's, it's so nice. And it's because the North Coast is like Scotland. It's very green and mountainous yeah. and valleys and rolling hills. It's a bit like the Hobbit. Um, and then the South, where I live, it's all about the port the pork um and quick food because it's so hot um and and when you say that about the seasons and cooking and what's available on offer like I want to bring you here so you just can eat and we can go like asparagus picking or or garlic or whatever we have to it's like I'm just gonna make you fat (laughs) you're gonna eat so much you don't have to ask twice honestly that for me that that is all about again finding the, the joy in things one does you know we're all busy we're all trying to earn a living um life's hard it's not it's not easy let's be honest but you know for me I found um so much love and joy and lucky enough to earn a living I'm very humble about it I'm very lucky to be doing this but then you know I've stuck to what I do I've been true to my ethos and just quietly got on with it and there's a lot to be said for that no, definitely. So you mentioned seasons that are exciting. What's your favourite season and the produce that comes along with it? That's really hard because I just literally, I don't have a favourite season. Each each kind of, you know, kind of I love winter. I love those cold grey days where you're kind of layered up and you're walking on the beach and it's all about one pot suppers and, you know, Sunday long Sunday lunches and and you know, macaroni cheese and 
just hunkering down a little bit. And then just as I'm thinking, oh, this is this is kind of we could do with a little bit of sunshine, out comes spring. Mm-hmm. And you know, I see kind of the seasons in colours. So it's kind of, you know, everything for me, there's a huge amount of colour and emotion and and um it's all quite evocative, but honestly, that's how I see it. So I can't say which season I like the best because they all bring so many different qualities. Definitely. So spring, spring, you know, spring is wonderful time because suddenly you feel a bit more energized and like, oh yes, here we go. The bulbs are coming out in the garden, asparagus, wild garlic, primroses, all those things that just bring colour and all the greens. Um, and then, you know, May, June, July, you know, and just as I'm thinking. Ooh, you know, Cornwall's quite busy. It always is very busy in August. It always has been. I mean, Cornwall's a place that's busy all year now, but August is always busy. And just as you're thinking, oh, it's quite busy around here, September comes, and then this wonderful sense of calm and children are going back to school. The beaches are slightly less crowded, but it's still, it's still there's still a buzz to it. And then autumn arrive, arrives in a blaze of colours. So, you know, it's it's all... It's it's kind of just kind of thinking about those things that you see but you don't necessarily acknowledge or let yourself feel. So for me, it's all interconnected, like I say, to cooking, to to everything I do. Oh, so that's so nice. Um, you made me think about autumn. My favourite season here is autumn because yeah. you get all the mushrooms yeah, nice. and um, the mushrooms and that's when they start picking all the nuts from the trees. Yeah, I do so love, like, I mean, I, you know, I love kind of, you know, stone fruits kind of high to late summer and then the blackberries, mm-hmm. uh, the elderberries, and then, you know, plums, quinces. I mean, it's all, you know, the squashes. It's all, it's all just glorious, isn't it? But yeah. I think that's the best way to, to think and feel about food because it's like nature saying, this is what we do this time of year. So, for me, you won't find strawberries on my menu in June. I'm sorry, you will find strawberries on my menu in June, but you won't find them in December. Or right, you know, we we really try and think about seasonality. That's so good because here, I actually do shop at the greengrocers and at the yeah, fishmongers, right. and I love it because you know spinach, proper spinach, only comes up twice a year. Yeah, and when it does come, I'm literally over abusing it because I'm like I'm only going to get it for like a week or two because this the, yeah. the season is so short. so short and I make everything with it or um garlic scapes only come out once a year and literally I let them grow and I grow my garlic so then right. it starts to flower that's similar with wild garlic here you know when we can make pestos and freeze it I mean I'm all you know I talk about freezing kind of blackberries if you've 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 triumphantly you know more than you need and freezing them so you can have blackberries in December I mean that's all that's that's perfect way of enjoying fruit out of season but I think it's being mindful about where things have come from Mm. and I I am someone that really would hate to see the butchers and the fishmongers disappear because you know so much of some of my cooking earlier you know when I was kind of younger you'd go you'd go to the fishmonger and you'd ask them to fill it a fit you, you you've got this recipe but you're not sure how to do the technical part and they can do that so then you can have the the fun and the joy of cooking fish maybe that you haven't used before because they've done the, 
the technical bit because that's, yeah. what, that's what they're and that's what they do and I, I think it's it's remembering you know this rather than having everything so accessible but that's good as well so it's yeah it's a a very interesting world we live in now definitely because I do like that when I do go to the fishmongers there's certain fish I don't like I don't remember or I've never seen before so I'll always ask how do you like you know how do you cook this because here you have fish for stews fish for stocks and fume and then and ones for frying or cooking or whatever it is and a lot of people it's like it's really curious because the old women they go out the fishman, they go to the fishmongers at seven and they know what to buy because they know by nine o'clock, majority of stuff's actually gone. So you get left with the little bits that are left. So for me, it's just but interesting. But that's, you know, our grandmothers, are, you know, I was lucky enough to, to um, know my great grandmother at one point. You know, these are, the, these are the people we need to kind of, kind of soak up all their information because, mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing better than cooking with with someone that has done that, but yeah. you know, for all their life, and just can give so much information. I think it's slightly different now. I think all, especially women, trying to we've got careers and we're trying to run a home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got. I think has that slightly got diluted. That tra- you know, traditionally years ago, women were more in the home and the, yeah. the kind of you know providers um, of, of kind of the meals at the table. But now yeah. women having to do so many different things. So, you know, I do try. I mean, I, lo- I love, you know, I love cooking. And I, I, I kind of try and inspire people that maybe find it a chore, that actually you can keep it simple and create really lovely dishes without it taking hours. Definitely. But again, like... we're, we're up against that kind of easy fast food. And there's nothing wrong with that now and again. But for uh, me, fresh ingredients, you know, always. are really important. Because, you know, when I go to the north of Spain, it's very much seafood or stews, like hot, because it's cold. Yeah. And um, the, the grandmother, my husband's grandmother, um, bless us all, she was trying to teach me making simple food because they grew up yeah. in civil war. They didn't yeah. have a lot of things. So she taught me a million and one things to do with potatoes. And I was like, um, it was interesting, but one of the things that I remember is, is this dish called um, batata de mozala, and it's literally potato with corn flour, so you dip it in that, and you do like a little sauce with onions, bay leaf, garlic, and cider, and then right. and then it's, a, it's like apple cider, because apple cider's flat here, but it's so delicious, and then you slowly like just cook the potatoes on either side, and it has like a little film coating around it. You take it out and do the next one. And as you keep layering it, the sauce builds and then you put it back oh, together really? and you just drizzle it That's over. Amazing. It's so good. It tastes so good. like it's just four ingredients, but so amazing. So yeah, it, it is kind of the basics, flour, butter, sugar, eggs, yeah. you know. I talk a lot. I mean, my children always laugh at me. It's like, here we go. She's going to start talking about eggs. But, you know, you don't need, you know, you don't need a lot to create something, something really, really good. So you're around the southwest coastline. Are, are there any other coastlines in the UK that appeal to you to go, you know, I, I want to see it or try something from there or anything like that? That's an interesting question because I have been rather, I mean, I've been kind of running restaurants for 
since I was kind of 23. So I haven't, I've, I've spent more time in France and Portugal and Spain than I have going away in the UK, actually. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to explore more Suffolk and Norfolk. Okay. Um, and Kent, I haven't really spent much time there. Uh, so, so really, we really had to, to kind of Bordeaux region, which is where my partner had a vineyard for 15 years. So we, we, he sold that two years ago, but we spent a lot of time on the coastline and that's really mm. beautiful. And again, that's very much kind of, you know, there's a real, the, 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 the um, Bordelais style is mesmerizing completely and just I've got a very good friend a mutual friend of ours called Philippe who Mark has got to know him over the years but Philippe and I have come together for the love of food and wine and it's wonderful so I'll meet Philippe early in the markets in Bordeaux and and then you know he's passionate about cooking so for me I I guess I've I've been pulled back to France more than the UK um but I think probably I need to, it would be good to explore more of the, the UK case. I'd love to go to Scotland, never been to Scotland. Um, Ireland, um, Dublin, I've been kind of a little bit, but again, always been drawn back to France. Yeah. I've recently been to Italy, and again, I've only been to Italy once before. And I just love, there's something, I love the kind of climate, I guess, and I love the way of life, you know, it's, and I say it's not dissimilar to Cornwall because there's a saying um, in Cornwall, like, you know, directly, which basically means, yeah, I'm coming, but in my own time, like, you know, there's, it's all a bit like, yeah, tomorrow, we'll do that tomorrow. And, and I guess in Cornwall, I've, I've been, in, been in this beautiful county that is always on the back of high days and holidays. So even when friends have come down, they're on holiday but I'm kind of working but there's always a sense you're on holiday even though you're not yeah that makes sense yeah. There's a real nostalgia about Cornwall so yeah so I, I think just thinking about it, I think I need to explore the UK more because again I've always been I, I think I'm going to probably if I don't live in Cornwall I'll end up living in France at some point in my life again so, so, but I would, I, I will put, I will make it, I'm very mindful now that I need to explore the UK more. So that was a good question. <laughs> no, I think the UK is really good. Well, while I was down there last week, I think Somerset had a food yeah. festival and I did want to go, but again, time constraints, but it was about the local produce and what they yeah, produce. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that would have been really nice. Um and I think for me as well, because I love UK jam, I think you do yeah. it so well. Yeah, that, you do jam well. And, you know, living here, I do miss it. And people got the jam from here because we have green plum and sweet onion, uh, sweet onion sorry, um, sweet orange and bitter orange. Oh, nice. And But I miss all the blackberries and... Yeah, and blackcurrant. Yeah. Blackcurrant to me. And actually, in my, I've just finished writing my second book and... That's coming out next year in uh, June, uh, but there's a there's um, a whole chapter on how to, you know preserving. So and so I had a lovely time writing that, and just you know again it's that sense of slowing down and making time, Definitely. making time to preserve things is quite an interesting subject. Well, you've actually answered one of my second questions uh, <laughs> well, a bit later on, but I'll ask again later. Yeah. 
Um, you're an advocate for supporting supporting local businesses. What is it that excites you about going to the fishmonger or going to the butchers or to the market? Because for me, I get excited. People, well, my husband become a little weird because I love, you know, when I go to the butchers, I find it quite therapeutic when I see how, he, you know, the butcher cuts the meat and I yeah. find it quite, so I don't know if it's the right word, but sensual and relaxing because I love food. And it's just, for me, it's very, I can get lost and just spend the whole day there and go, oh, wow, like, you know, it's the smells and the way they cut and wrap yeah, the meat. Yeah. Like a whole oh, process. I mean, I completely get that. And you're not weird at all. If you're weird, I'm definitely weird. <laughs> I, I love a process. I love a process when it comes to cooking. I love it, you know, a process, whether you're making bread or you're making pasta, there's a process. And good cookery comes from a process. And with, with a, learning a good process, it's about technique. And technique is about learning. And if you do something every day, you get better at it. So for me, as a chef, I'm not center and foremost of that at all for me I don't I, I I I'm lucky enough to have made a business on on cooking and food but for me it's the people the farmers the fishermen the butch the butchers you know the fishermen all those people that are the ones working hard to bring the produce to us so if you go to your fishmonger and you you know they're all so they're all so highly skilled and and they know their subject so well. So for me, again, it's it's that process of, of what they do that then as a chef, I can kind of create because every cook, chef, everyone cooks differently. You know, a recipe for creme brulee isn't that dissimilar for someone else's, but we all have our take on recipes. So for me, it's all about those people that bring that that bring the produce to me and they work so hard. I mean, I was when I moved to Cornwall, I was married to a fisherman, and it was very romantic. You know, we I met, and you know, we ended up having this lovely life in Port Isaac. But fishing is hard. It's not there's there's no you know when you see the boats in the harbour, it is all very romantic with the sea, um, but it's a hard life, and that's similar to farming, similar to anything that requires you know working through the seasons. You know, if you think about growing. Uh, grapes and having a vineyard that's a very romantic way of life the thought of that but again that's farming so anything yeah. to do with growing or working uh working within uh i guess the different weathers we have is hard so yeah. for me I have great respect for all these people and i i you know i, I love nothing more than kind of going to see how you know from seeing how clotted cream is made to to, to how um you know just going to the butcher and you know our suppliers and seeing how everything is is kind of brought to, to us as chefs no definitely as soon as you said clotted cream I was like <laughs> I bring dolls because like I've had a lot of calories I've put on a lot of calories I was having a lot of <laughs> cream very good but it has to be jam first here it has to <laughs> I feel away. Yeah. See that that, that, yeah. that does make sense though because the cream is the butter, which does make sense. Yeah. But always in Cornwall, it's uh, jam first, and then it's all about that dollop yeah. of cream with the crust on the top. Because you haven't got like I write in my book: if you haven't got enough cream on the you've gone and it doesn't hit your nose, you haven't got enough cream on it. 
Oh, I like that. What I do, I overly smother my stone with the cream because I love anything dairy. I love it. And then I like... I I couldn't give up dairy. I couldn't. It's so hard. I don't want to. (laughs) Life without dairy is not great. No, it it wouldn't make me happy. Everything in moderation. That's the key. That's my my mantra. In in moderation, but if you've got a couple of days, you have to I had a scone a day. It was it was because I never get to have it, and yeah, no. and I've not had it in years. And I love clotted cream, and it was like, well, I'm not going to give up. I'm on holiday. I don't have to exercise. So <laughs> that was really good. So I'm a new mum, and but you're a mum, and you're a chef, a restaurateur, an author. How have you? What's your secret? This is a tip for me. But like, what's your secret? to have like you know balancing family life being a mother and being a businesswoman uh good question I don't think I've got it right um a lot of the time I think when I was kind of Evie was born on my 30th birthday so I had three children quite close together which is great now they're all very close and it was quite hard when they were little I always wanted to work though I knew that I needed to work um for practical reasons but I also always I'm ambitious and I always knew I wanted to kind of do well at something and and not so everyone goes oh you're amazing but just for myself I always knew that I wanted to do both Uh, but I definitely didn't get it all right because I was kind of kind of all or nothing person so of course I had three children quite quickly and then oh let's open a restaurant I'm always that person that's thinking oh let's do this um mm-hmm. but that was kind of yeah so in my t- late 20s 30s I think maybe I've definitely become more considered as I've got older but it's really hard juggling both mm-hmm. but I did juggle both and I juggled it well and actually my children who are now 21 19 and 17 will all say to me you know you've inspired us to kind of work for what we want to work for I mean they're still young but I've given them a sense of like nothing just comes to you you have to work for it so I've got a very strong work ethic but I think the 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 key thing for me with your question is that I didn't always get it get it right but hindsight's always good for that but I tried my best and my children were always I think as a mother as a woman working at, at, at a certain level, your children always come first, even even before your work. And that's the hard thing. My children were always my priority. Mm-hmm. But I managed to just keep going. And I think I'm quite tough in, in the sense of, um, you know, if something goes wrong, I kind of, I think I'm, I've kind of always been taught to just keep going. Mm-hmm. There's no other option, really. Um, and my kids would say, they remember, I mean, I cry, I think I'm, I'm quite emotional. I, I get, you know, I think when things are hard, I get upset. Um, more with myself, I, I'm, I'm a kind of a mixture of, I look terribly confident and capable, which I am, but my, there's another part of me that suffers terribly with imposter syndrome and self-doubt. So when those two clash, that's quite difficult. Um, and, and those are the moments 
when I was juggling my young family and working, I was thinking, what, I can't do this. There's a lot of I can't do this, but actually you can do it. Mm. Um, and the last 10 years have been incredible because I guess I found my feet actually probably the last five years, but it still comes with a cost, but a personal cost for me, because as a mother, you always feel guilty whatever you do you feel guilty for working you feel guilty you know and I think it's allowing us ourselves not to feel guilty my children have not um you know they've had a really I think they're not here to to, to say otherwise but you know we're very close and we're, we're it, it you know I did my best I certainly didn't get it always right but um you can do it you can do it if you want to and I've persevered and I failed at many things, but it's sometimes I think accepting failure is a good thing. Just saying, actually, fate with failure comes opens other doors, and you know I've always, always, always been there for them. But it's it's a it's been an interesting journey, a lot of a lot of hard work. Definitely, that's what I feel like. Because mine's only eighteen months, but again, I want to have my children within a close age, um, and I'm I'm now thirty six. So I started a lot later, um, but I think that was the whole thing, like trying to find the balance and the things that I failed at and I don't, and I want, you know, my child to grow up or children to feel like you can do it. And like you said, nothing comes easy. I think I want to instill uh, like confidence and happiness within my children, like knowing that they're enough. I think I've suffered terribly from, from, low self-esteem and, and things like that which have all driven me to keep to to do well so there's so again it's it's almost there's two um, you know there's there's this kind of battle that I have but it's got it's got easier but it's still I'm quite happy to say I you know I I really struggle with um just feeling in slightly uh yes I guess whatever imposter syndrome is that sense of like really am I doing this I mean I I sometimes look at my restaurant the fact I'm, I'm my book's been published you know for me those things that I need to celebrate because I'm, I kind of curate all that I do that that's my work so I think human beings are wonderfully resilient and, and and I think you can do whatever you want to do, you set your mind to, but being a mother, you will always be a mother first and foremost and that's the hard thing. Even when I was busy with service, um, try, you know, really focused or dealing with, with, you know, anything from kind of managing my team, my kids would always be on my mind and I think that's different for, for men in business. I think they, it's a it's a different sense. You're connected to your children. I think more as a mother, and that there is a yeah. That's what that's the hard part. But I still kind of you know I stuck with it and it and come through. And it's you know I have really my kids are amazing. They're so they all have worked for me in some part of my business, and. Um, I hope I've given them a sense of you can do anything you want to do, but you need to work for it. Definitely. I think that's a really good, like, mantra sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I think, though, life is hard. I don't think there's no doubt about it. And I think, you know, that's why maybe nature, being connected to the sea, 
being more connected to what I do is more important than ever to me because I've suddenly my eyes are wide open to it all and I think maybe kind of when you start you know working for yourself your own business if I had appreciated that's a bit more then it might have been easier but I certainly have my eyes wide open now which is which is wonderful definitely like as soon as I have my little one I suffered with like really bad anxiety and um mental mental health stuff and the one thing that got me through was um countryside the countryside and the coast just to stop and help you know take in everything because it was really it was really tough and I think as well because I have no one really to talk to here because I can talk but like it was everyone was Spanish so sometimes I don't want to speak another language I just want to speak in English to properly communicate how I'm feeling and um and it was one of the things that it's one of the things your books does for me it's a photography the photography in your book is so thought-provoking and it's it's for me it's like oh it's so relaxing because you've got the food which is fantastic but for me it's all about you've got such natural captivating imagery that you're like oh like it's really really nice really evocative and also it's about for me it's about a sense of place but it's not just about food it's about it's about everything it's and like I said I can I mean I repeat myself probably far too much but it's about the land where we are a sense of who we are as well and and that matters and I think these days I mean you know you talk about mental health issues anxiety all those things you know when I was growing up that was never a thing that literally was never a thing no one talked about and now with social media there's so much more said about all this but I think everyone suffers from anxiety at some level um, but I, I definitely, um, you know, what you say resonates with me, you know, connecting to the countryside and being outside and just knowing that actually, you know, I think everything will be okay. Everything, I'm a great believer that everything can be sorted out. And usually it's a conversation or, or realising you're not on your own or mm-hmm. other people feel the same. That's hugely important. So again, it's about going back to the table. It's connecting each other. You know, we feel connected with social media, but really we've been never been so unconnected because it's yeah. it's making sure you have those real conversations. And you know, sometimes, you know, if you're seen to doing well, people might judge you and say, "Well, it's okay for you, but you don't have a bad day." I have many, but I have lots of bad days, but I also have lots of really good days. But isn't that just life? That's yeah. just, you know, and, and it's about choices. It's about who you choose to spend time with. I'm spending more time on my own in the sense of actually saying, I'm going to do this for myself or I'm going to go for a walk on my own, which is a new thing because, you know, a lot of the time I remember being in kind of, you know, younger, like meaning late 20s, 30s. I didn't want, I always needed to be surrounded by people, but actually there's something so wonderful about, you know, first thing in the morning when no one's awake, you know, those pockets of time that you can find for yourself. So. You know, I'm sure we could talk about that for hours. Definitely, <laughs> because I think that's another conversation we can have. But no, I, I feel the same. You always need that time to reconnect with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's that time I actually switch off my mobile because for me, because of my work, I'm always on my phone or on my laptop. On yeah. weekends, I shut down. I have yeah. I leave my phone at home because I just yeah. don't want to see it. Yeah. Um, 
and everything's on do not disturb so it's the best it's the best thing being connected but knowing when to have some quiet time definitely so I know that last year you you cooked at the G7 summit and your menu was just amazing what like what emotions were running through your your head when you were like you know your mind when you were preparing this menu like what what did you want to that last year it's funny because last year was so ridiculous and this sums me up going back to what I was saying about I always have to do kind of you know I'm not just like let's do this no let's let's do everything and last year it just happened that everything came at once so I opened my new restaurant by the sea on May the 18th I cooked and my first book came was published on June the 10th and I cooked for the leaders of the world on the Friday and I moved house. That was all within a month. Oh my gosh! Okay, it was nuts. But going the G seven um, job was honestly. I still. I. I kind of. I've got used to it, and I think. Oh, it was. It was just. You know, I just cooked for people like we, we cook for anyone. But when um, they approached me and they said, "You, you've been on a. You're on a long list, and now you're on the short list." And then when it got to two people me and someone else I thought oh okay I'm quite competitive now and having been given the 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 brief for the the dinner at the Eden project was they want a relaxed feel for the leaders they don't want a kind of a, a government style dinner they want it to feel relaxed and that and and I wasn't just doing the menu I was given um responsibility for laying the table choosing the flowers every aspect of it so for me that's a dream job because again it's not just about food for me it's about thinking about what glasses you're going to have about what napkins you're going to have how the flowers are going to make you feel you know it's about how you feel not just um and you know there's just so much consideration and thought again about that detail but keeping it like I would at home so you know, when we had a meeting with the foreign office, I said I was going to use tea towels as napkins. They were like, you could just see, kind of just went white. wide. They would say, oh my gosh, what's she going to do? Mm-hmm. But anyway, when it got down to two, and then the, I remember the day the cabinet office rang me and said, you've got the job. And I was just like, oh my goodness, that's, you know, and it wasn't just for the leaders because there was a canopy reception um, for the Queen and Prince um, William and Kate and Prince Charles and Camilla. So, so it do, you don't see all those people. I'm never going to be in a space with all those people again. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the way politics has also changed. But that's, I'm not going to talk politics. But if we just keep it to the fact that I, it was the leaders of the Western world, and then you know my menu, I wanted them to have uh, the melangospaccio uh, because I thought it was a little bit different. And for me, going back to simplicity, the turbot on cooked on the bone with a butter sauce again, we could carry on talking about butter, and then pavlova, that's very English. So it, it all and then I did little ice creams for canopies. So thinking about being formal and what you'd have if you went to the beach, you know, a clotted cream ice cream with a flake. We did little shards of chocolate. So and then Cornish fudge that we made, you know, everything had a connection back to where we were um but laying the table choosing being able to choose like all the glassware and the we I chose vintage cutlery so it was all very it was exactly you know I have a very specific style 
and it was beautiful. It worked beautifully. But I, I was told at one point um, they might leave early. They might not eat everything. And, you know, then they might not be relaxed because obviously it was, a, you know, they're all working and it's all high, high kind of, I guess it's quite stressful, <laughs> potentially. Um, but they stayed late. They ate everything and they were really relaxed to the point where um, I was asked up uh, by the prime minister at the end of the dinner to say hello to everyone and um uh macron uh, president macron's wife um basically had a copy of my book and she was the instigator of them all signing it and then you know i kind of look up and joe biden's coming towards me to say thank you and that was an incredible moment honestly i was just like i, I this is like really i i, I you know as I've talked about, not everything's always gone right. And it's been, you know, hospitality is hard. They're long hours. It's quite stressful. It's, it's you know, it's a competitive industry to work and breathe in. And there was me standing with the world leaders and their wives all around me. Wow. And that, I mean, that has to be quite life-affirming. But also for my team, because nothing I do, I do on my own. And that's very important. You know, you're only as good as the people around you. and. Mm. You know, it was incredible. And my eldest son served the world leaders, as did my partner's daughter, Rosie. So all our children, Finn was in the kitchen cooking. Evie, my daughter, was serving um, at the table with the canapes to the queen. Um, And then uh, Alex, Mark's son, was. we had another uh, reception for kind of dignitaries, so very well-known people in business. So it was incredible. It's incredible. But the night before, so I was like, you know, just kind of talking about just having a, a, you know, a moment of thinking, I can't do this. You know, I said to Mark, what am I doing? This is no way am I going to pull this off. And there was never any doubt we'd pull it off. But it was, you know, it was always a ridiculously amazing thing for me to be able to do. Oh, definitely. Oh, I was just like, we had, we need to have another conversation because I'm literally just like, the Joe Biden, was char- Joe Biden was charming and a moment I'll never forget was, was looking out at the garden and seeing all the leaders standing there and then the Queen arriving with Prince Charles and then Prince William and then you could hear Biden's cars arrive and the next minute Joe Biden and the First Lady arrive. And you're just kind of doing that with your eyes going, oh, my goodness, taking photographs, like, because obviously we couldn't have phones. And thinking, um, this is this doesn't get bigger. Mm. And the fact, you know, with the security, you know, I think there were 500 people surrounding us. So there was, so Adrian, he was in charge of the full operation. He was amazing. He was like, Emily, you, you're probably never going to have so much security while you're cooking ever again. And to work with the Secret Service, that was incredible. And there was one point where I was um, at a meeting prior to the event and I was standing in a circle um, with the Secret Service and the Cabinet Office. And they were all looking to me to say, how, how do you want this to run? And I mean, that's, I mean, that's incredible. And I, and, I, and I bet, you know, I'm not someone that uh, I question everything and I did enjoy it, but my goodness, um, I would have never said no 
And I think that's again where I'm a bit of a mixture because I'm terribly kind of there's a very kind of worried, anxious, like I can't do this, I'm not good enough side to me. And then there's another side to me that's like, you've got this, this is incredible. Yes, 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 say yes to everything. And it, and for me, life's all about opportunity and what an opportunity. Well, again, it's a process and you yeah. all the processes and wow, and you came to the other side and yeah. Yeah, and I think I think the um cabinet office said that I was the first woman to cook for the leaders of the Western world. So wow. that's good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I didn't get bad or anything, but you know. Um, but Joe Biden wrote a wonderful thing in my book and um he was charming and he see we chatted for about fifteen minutes, you know, there was no question that he, you know, and I know that they're all, you know, part of their job is to talk to people, but they didn't need to give us that much time. So I did my job. They were relaxed and they were happy and they loved the food. And they ate all your food. Yeah. That's, that's, that's even better. President Biden has a sweet tooth because he particularly liked the ice cream little canapes at the end. Oh, I love yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so you spent, so Stanley Tucci is a massive fan of yours. Has he ever cooked food for you? Because he's always posting about how, how amazing your food is and he's, he loves to go there. But have you spent time cooking together or him cooking for you? Uh, oh, I'm so lucky that kind of Stanley has kind of come into to our lives in, the quite, in a quite a natural way. And obviously we've been brought together for the love of food and wine and a, and a table like I've spoken about. We haven't cooked together yet. That's all I'm going to say. But um, who knows what will happen. Uh, but, you know, I've met a lot of really nice people in the last kind of year. And Stanley is one of the nicest, most genuine people I've ever met. So I just feel incredibly lucky to know him and his wife, Felicity. Because I think it's really nice because he's he's reconnecting with his Italian roots yeah. and the stories that come up. It's a lot of nostalgia, and um, I'm actually looking forward to one day trying his food. But yeah. he's a major foodie, which is what I really like. Yeah, and he's he's just he's he's just honestly such a such a lovely man. So very lucky to even you know had an opportunity to kind of you know sit and chat with him and you know such such a wonderful thing to be able to have him at my restaurant and he was at my book launch um for my first book and you know it's just it's just again all about the love of good food and wine that bring people together it literally does and and that leads me to my next question your personality resonates a strong sense of connecting with the land and the food how did your childhood play a part in that I think food was always just always a thing for us growing up. And my mother is a very strong, very, uh, very maternal. It was always about bringing us together around a table. And I think that was from her parents as well, like I spoke about at the beginning. Uh, so again, connecting, connecting as a family always happens around a table. And my mother always... You know, I have I have wonderful memories of cooking with her, but also 
she entertained a lot back in the kind of 80s, 90s, the dinner party, which I think needs to be, have a bit of a revival, or the drinks party that was always a thing. They always, they always socialised, they always entertained. So I think there was always connection. It was food, people, and there was always a sense of fun growing up. So that was interesting. So I think, I think it's just, you know, a sense of being looked after because I know if my you know if my children come back from university I'd always think what can I cook them that really is comforting and reminds them of home you know that kind of thing so I think that that has always been a very strong thing throughout my life wow because yeah no, I think like you said food and people has always been a thing in many cultures as well you know because yeah. um, in you know so growing up in a South Asian household and in, in the early days it was weekend someone would always be at your house or you'll go to your relatives and it'd be like everyone food on the floor like you'd have all these pots of like you know seafood and seaweed and meat and then chicken and then vegetables it was like a never-ending supply of food but you're all sat together talking and sharing you know things about your day or what things you're going through or things you want to do and yeah. that's what I really like because it was connecting with the people around you as well as the food yeah. you're sharing um and for me like a lot of your dishes are memories as well what's your favorite dish and the connection it has for you uh, so for me again talking about favorite things I don't think it's a dish I think it's ingredients more than a dish so again thinking about where you are and what you're eating is always something or the smell that's all the senses um and when I grew up in 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 Banyalo and we spent so much time there it was more about kind of the honey at breakfast or jam on toast for breakfast or the white peaches so white peach that Marnie would peel skin on and she'd she would um cut and so, so she didn't peel it skin on but cut it into kind of pieces for breakfast and I can still remember the kind of warmth of the sun the smell of lavender and rosemary and thyme and the sound of the crickets and so for me thinking about that white peach it's not just about the peach it kind of there's a whole kind of story of you know senses and like in Cornwall kind of a crab sandwich in the harbour in Port Isaac was always a thing with you know and, and there's something obviously eating a crab sandwich looking out to sea is is far more delicious than not doing that but it, but for me it, it's certain times and places it's like growing up um tomatoes in the greenhouse that's you know I'm picking little cherry tomatoes or cucumbers from the greenhouse um, and my parents um, had someone that helped with the garden um back then and I remember just kind of always being interested in growing and smelling and eating and tasting and all all, the, all those kind of things but it's it smells that I think are most evocative uh, for me so it wouldn't be a, a certain dish I don't think although if you really pushed me it would probably be something like I don't know i like I love pasta I couldn't give up pasta uh, but I think really it's it's more of an ingredient associated with the place definitely because they say that 
when I do when I do a bit of research in my writing, they say that psychology has a major influence on your food and your senses. Yeah. And they say, and I, I, I truly believe it, if you're having seafood, they pay, you know, you could you could be playing like crashing waves like in the background and you'd be sat outside and it heightened your senses and it gives you a more pleasurable sensation. And it gives you a visual as well. I think it's, it's, you know, I think, you know, like having a glass of wine looking out to sea is, you know, you know when you think about going on holidays, you know, I see a lot at the moment on Instagram, people enjoying a glass, looking out to sea or a sunset. So it's all, it's all about moments in time and, and, you know, high days, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I try and, I'm trying to be mindful about what I cook in just those days where you, you know, it, today it's work. Try and find the joy in each day rather than making that separation between holidays and work days because I love work I'm a bit weird I really love what I do so you know coming to my restaurant I'm literally sitting here and I can see the Atlantic Ocean you know it's I can just like my view is the sea um so you know I do appreciate I'm very lucky definitely and talking about food and drink you collaborated with the Harbour Brewing Company and you made, I think it was the beers, actually, the ale that you named after your dog, Monty. Did your ale have any sort of herbs or spices in it when you were creating it? Yeah, so that was that that collaboration happened when I was at had my pub, which I don't have anymore. But Monty, he was a gorgeous Labrador that I that we had, and sadly he had bad hips and we had to put him down. So it was really sad because he was just like such a good dog. Um and I decided to create a beer in his memory, and that was really cool. And um, basically, the, the Harbour Brewing Company created something that I just said I wanted something quite feminine, quite citrusy to kind of. So, so there was some thought that went into that, but also it's quite drinkable. You know, when I had the pub, um, I kind of took eight years, and the pub was the hardest thing I ever ever did because you were trying to please such a big group of people. And the drinking side was quite a big thing for the locals. Again, talking about food and bringing people together. Yeah. A pub, you have to always have the respect that it is a place where people come together. Some people come together to see friends. Some people come on their own. You know, it's it's you see everyone's lives in the same place day mm-hmm. after day. So when I created this beer, I wanted it to be something that connected everyone to Monty and remembering him, but also um, something that it wasn't too heavy, something quite fun. So, it, it, you know, again, you know, there's so much, so much to create. And it's not just all about food. You know, yeah. drink is, is incredibly exciting Important. too. Yeah. Definitely. And my last question, you did mention your second book. Yeah. I, I can't wait. Is it going to be similar to the first one or will you be elaborating on more? So it, it's very, it, it's very different and it's, it's elegant. It's, I mean, Sea and Shore is beautiful. Sea and Shore will always be the most wonderful thing I've done. But for me, Sea and Shore is of more like, hi, I'm Emily. I, and this is, this is my Cornwall and this is what I think and feel. But my new book is, I'm kind of, I, you know, I'm so happy to return, you know, to be back with you. But this is a real insight into me as a person. It's much more personal. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's elegant, it's beautiful, uh, and it's a little bit more confident, probably. I can't um, wait. I'm so excited. It's really cool. I mean, because it's the things that you write about is what I resonate with a lot. So for me, when I read cookbooks or have cookbooks, it's ones where I, I love books and love smelling the pages. Yeah, so yeah. when I had the Kindle, I was like, no, this is not going to work for me. So I had to have the book. book. Yeah. Um, and it actually thankfully arrives on Tuesday because I feel a bit sad not being back in the UK. It's a bit of a nostalgia yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, but I can't wait because it was just, it was so beautiful. Like the very, a little feminine, really crisp. And it was just. It's interesting because I, I never knew I could write, meaning I never knew I had the words to, to put onto paper. And there, I know I have a certain style of writing. But honestly, I kind of write what I see, think and feel. And sometimes I, I worry, even when I speak to you, I think, am I making sense? Because I kind of, you kind of, I sometimes feel everything just kind of comes out of my mouth or onto paper like a bit. But I understand that. really confusing, like, but, you know, I can write and, and it's one of the best things ever. And I'm so lucky to have an opportunity to have my books published I mean that's you know and I I work quite hard to um you know it it kind of took 10 years of like I want to cook I want to write a cookbook Mm. and it took that long and I got rejected by different publishing houses and it's quite hard but what I'd say to anyone is just keep going keep going Mm. because your synopsis your idea will land on someone's desk that will mm-hmm. love it and they'll be looking for you. And I was lucky enough for it to arrive on my uh, uh, publisher's desk, Cardell, at the right time. And she has been instrumental in, she just can see what I was trying to do and she could, mm-hmm. she could see my vision and, and just has been the most amazing person. Um, and writing books is so collective because you have then such a team of people that bring your vision, your my, it's basically my life because you know it is what what what's going to, I mean what's in the ensure is, but that's more of a backstory of how I got to be here. Whereas this is like more here and now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so it's, it's so it's so collective though, from you know from the photographer to the 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 whole team. So I'm so it's it's such a joy and something that oh makes me so happy. It does because your writing is your style and your personality comes through your writing. And it was for me something that I connected with because as you wrote as I was reading your writing, you can imagine you can envisage it. So for me, it's so good to have that because you know, I have lots of books. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, okay. Some books make me fall asleep, but some books just really, I just can't stop. But you know, it's it's, it's quite addictive. Um, and yeah, that was it would be interesting how you know, because as an author, you worry about you know, because you kind of you kind of let the words go, and then you think, oh, what if people don't like it? But actually, I'm trying to learn that it won't be for everyone. Right. It'll be really interesting the reaction to the new book because I think it's it's more relaxed and it's. It's, it's far more of me. I step forward, and Cornwall is there, but Cornwall stepped back a bit because seeing Shaw was, you know, that's Cornwall, and then I'm there, 
but this one's more about me and what I'm doing and what I think and feel and Cornwall is the most beautiful backdrop but it's it's it'll be really interesting so we've got to wait because it doesn't it isn't published till June 23 but that's two years basically since the first one came out which wow. I think is a really nice time because it was much harder writing this one because when I wrote Seeing Shore it was in lockdown so I had a lot of time but this one I was juggling a lot of lots of things and because I'm saying yes to more and more things it it got to a point where I think my family almost disowned me because I was like I've got so much to do you know was, there were moments of like I don't think I can do this I, I don't think I can get get all the words test all the recipes make it all come together but it it, it I have, I'm getting my edits back today actually so but but it, you know the process let's talk about process again is is just it's just the most unbelievably wonderful process because you oh. end up with something forever yeah no definitely and it's yours it's in print yeah. and it's yours yeah. and and I'm very lucky I'm, I'm so excited to see it so Emily oh, it's been you. an absolute pleasure I could talk to you for days <laughs> It's just so wonderful wonderful to learn so much about you. And I just want to thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you.